This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. I'm so glad you are here with me today, here in the beginning of August, as we return to a new season of Captivated. We are praying that God uses this new season to draw each one of us closer into the depth of of His magnificent, beautiful, bountiful, stunning heart. Oh, to know Him more deeply. Yes, please. Knowing Him, we come to know ourselves even better, who we really are, what we are made for. And knowing Him, we become ever more captivated by His beauty and fall more deeply in love with Him. That's what we want, to be propelled by and infused with a sacred love affair with our King. It's a new season and a new month and a new beginning. So it might seem a little strange that today we're going to be talking about endings. July is over. For many, summer is over. For most, vacation is over. For more than a few who have children, the childhood years may be over. And for some, the years at home may be over. There are endings, yes. And where we are going to go is into the truth that, well, endings are doorways into new beginnings. But endings must be noticed and grieved and honored and not run from. With me today in the studio is Stacy Burton, and she is fresh into a season of endings. Hi, Stacy. I'm already <laughs> crying. Oh, we have Kleenex, both of us, in each one of our hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So the tears that are starting, can you, can you tell us about what you're experiencing? What's going on? My son, Jake, is going to college. And I thought his senior year was rough. But now, yeah, and how? How is his senior year rough? Well, just the anticipation of his last year of school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's college, but there's just something about the first 12 years, right? Yes. And so many lasts and so much good. And just watching my boy become a man Mm -hmm. that I have to (laughs) trust to the world. Oh, it's so hard. And side note, my daughter, I have two children, so she is a senior. She's going oh into goodness. her senior year, so Eric and I are quickly becoming empty nesters. But in this moment, you know, we made it through the, his senior year. We made it through graduation much easier than I expected, actually. Yeah. Um, but now we're entering into saying goodbye where I will walk by his bedroom and he's not going to be there. And I don't even, I don't even know what to do with that. There's, there's so much to hold because I'm so proud of him. I'm so excited for what he is stepping into. He's starting his, his future, his life as a man. And I don't know. I think 
there's joy and there's so much fear in the ending that I just am not going to be a part of it. Oh, gosh. And it, that sounds extreme. Mm. I understand. No, but not really. Mama's heart. And yeah, like it's he's not a part of my life. The day-to-day, the day-to-day. The breakfast, yeah. to, where the are same. you? Right. Yeah. And again, he hasn't left yet, so I don't even know. I'm anticipating a lot. But I think that's also good. I think I'm preparing my heart. I God is gently too. preparing my heart. Yeah, so. because you're in the, the reality of it. Yeah. Versus the la, la, la. Right. And now my poor girl, I probably won't let her go for the next 12 months. Mom, mom, I have to go to school. Stop hugging me. When uh, Luke was the last child at home, Mm -hmm. I got a call from one of my older sons who said, Mom, you are over-parenting him. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes. Thank you for that answer. (laughs) He called and told you that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So i like to hear more about you. What do you expect that will feel like in walking by his room? And he's not in there. Already, my heart, it feels heavy and just a, a sadness. Yeah. A deep sadness. So, Stacy, you've experienced this before. Like, like I am losing such a big piece of him, such a big piece of my life. Mm-hmm which really extends to some fears of, you know, my identity as a mom. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I have another year with Riley. However, things are changing so quickly. Stace, I've learned so much from you watching your boys graduate and leave home and start their lives. Um, Do you remember what you experienced in terms of who you are as mom. Oh my goodness. I, I love that you said that you, you clued into your identity as a mom. Yeah. I, was, I was really helped by somebody who um, went ahead of me. And she said that the day her last child, um, she had five children, the day her last child moved out, that she went and laid on her bed and sobbed. <laughs> I mean, and that she actually did that a lot. So it was so kind of her to say that to me because I don't know that you actually can be prepared. Mm. And I, I realize that we're, get, we're actually going to be talking about other endings, but I realize that there are people right now listening going, I wish that was the ending that I had. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have friends who lost their young children suddenly and others that did after a protracted illness. And that... That, that knife, razor sharp pain as well needs to be grieved. And it can be swallowing and overwhelming as with every ending. And so I think it's really important to say, even in this moment, that in Christ, no ending is forever. Thank you, God. No ending Mm -hmm. is forever. But to pull back and go, we can diminish the endings that we do experience by comparing to other people's more vast ones. Yeah, that's so important because immediately I am like, oh, right. And, and so then we diminish it and we think there's something wrong with us and we kind of go, shape up, you know, get it together. Oh, my 
gosh, I had no idea of the sorrow and the pain that Mm -hmm. I was going to feel dropping off my first son at college and walking away. (laughs) I know. Okay, here's the thing, though. He went to a college. You know, they make the parents leave. Okay, time to go. You need to go now. So this particular college brought out the bagpipes. (laughs) And the bagpipes start playing, and there's nothing more haunting, you know, and the bagpipes are playing, and you're leaving your child, and it's like, are you are you kidding me? We had to get in the car and drive away and park just around the corner so we could stop. Yes. And it was that with every child, and then particularly with the last, going, who, am I a mother still? Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, yes, I'm still a mother, and now my sons are... 33, 31, and 29, and they still need a mother. They still need me, but they do not need me in the way they did. And although I still have to ask, are you okay? Are you getting enough yeah. to eat? You look like you're getting cold. <laughs> What's that sound in your voice? <laughs> Never leaves. <laughs> they actually don't want me to smother them. Smother them, mother them. Like there's the part of, of they're not a child anymore. They're growing into a man. They are a man and they need to be let go, blessed yeah. with their right to live their life and honored and respected as the the man that they are. Mm-hmm. But as a mom, you still see them as the little boy and that that doesn't change. You see them as the man they are, but you also see them as the little guy. That's what I experience going for a walk or just wherever I am and I see toddlers or young children. Oh, my heart. And I remember the exhaustion of those days. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. they're at the park because the parents just need a break, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, just go, go play. Go play. <laughs> and I just want to go over there and say, just hold them. Because you hear it, the days go by so slowly. Mm-hmm. The years go by so quickly. Right. And I remember when John was writing All Things New, we mm-hmm. met as a staff and talked about things. And John asked us, like, what are the first three things you want to do when you get to heaven. And I'm not going to argue the theology of this. God is the God of time in a way that I don't understand it. But my immediate thought was, I just want to hold Jake and Riley as infants just for a few minutes. I just want to experience them there again. And be fully present to it in a way maybe... An exhausted mom wouldn't have been. And I did. I... I feel like I really did try to be intentional when they were younger, mm-hmm. really enjoyed them. They they were so sweet. And I heard some great advice through mops and things oh, like yeah. that of celebrating the lasts. Mm. However, I have grown as a person. So while I did try to live their childhood without regrets as a mom, uh-huh. What I know now, I wish I knew then, like, I do have so many parenting regrets. Mm. And I don't know what to do with that. Mm. I wish we could go back in time. Mm. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Stace? Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes, I do. Because God is telling me to not live with regret. Mm -hmm. That was his words to me at the beginning of this year. Because who doesn't have them? Yeah, that's that's good. Growing up or childhood, friendships, work, relationships. Oh, just this morning, I woke up being haunted by a conversation I had with a coworker mm. 
in 1984. <laughs> I'm serious. I can believe it. Oh, my goodness. So we could live there. We could camp there. But particularly with regards to my children, God mm-hmm. is saying, entrust them to me. Let that go. They know you love them, which is everything. It's everything. Love covers a multitude of sins. If they know that you love them, boom. And he said, if if they need to talk to you about something, trust them, they will. Mm. And so it's just letting it go and having mercy. Yeah. Mercy and compassion on on who we were, what we didn't know. Or, oh my goodness, when my children were young is when I really began to take a look at my own childhood. So I was in the process of going with God, beginning counseling, and trying to heal from my own childhood while trying not to ruin theirs. Right. It's hard. (laughs) It is hard. It is hard. And God is God. There's nobody out there that's not going to need him. Yeah. There just isn't. So I I think, you know, at this point in my life to come to a place of going, they know I love them. I did then. I do now. I have the capacity. I would be a different parent, although I don't have the energy for I it. I know, right? Um, I don't want to go back. Really, I don't. That's why it's a few minutes in heaven. <laughs> it is to bless them. And I I think that it's hard for me, but it is really what God is speaking to me right now is to trust him with Jake and Riley. And I love how you said, they know I love them. Yes. And that's huge. Last fall, I guess the fall of Jake's senior year, I had an incredibly vivid dream oh. that was so holy and mm. and God was so present yeah, in it. Yeah, what I, was it? So Jake was packing to leave. Uh-huh. Um, my heart was just full of ache and uh, I need to release him to you, God. And it was in that moment that God spoke to me in my dream of Stacy. I have him, oh. and he is he is ready. And I was so grateful for that at the beginning of his senior year because it did help me release more than I had been, and to trust God that yeah, God, you do have him. Now it's still hard to let go, but in response to regret. Mm. They are good. They're good. They're and, he's ready. And there's a lot of life lessons that they're going to have. That's and I, true. I guess that's what I want to protect them from, too. Yeah, even I though hate, I hate that we all learn from suffering. I know. Yes. Thank you. That is <gasps> such a, that's a better way to say it. <sighs> but that's how we grew. Yes. <laughs> I know. I guess that's why we are hesitant to let our children So, what I'm hearing, though, Stacey, because what I experienced myself and what I've heard from a lot of parents is that there's a souring that happens, Mm. um, particularly as it gets near for them to leave. It happened with us, with each one of our children. It's like, it was a chafing. They didn't want to be there, and by the end, we didn't want them to be there either. I know. We still, like, wept at the loss. But there was also a kind of a preparation of God to go, yeah, this isn't where they fit anymore. In one sense... I can see how they also need to make that mental shift of making it uncomfortable for them to return because it is scary to launch. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. a piece of why they are acting that way. Oh, okay. That is a huge one. That is huge. Yeah, it is a huge And then they name it, right? Empty nest, which you're not there yet, but which I've passed through. And yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
But then the changes continue to happen. My uh, sons all moved away from home and Minnesota, Washington, Canada. All over. Yeah. But then after about six years, slowly they moved back to this area. And so I am blessed and so happy about that. Yeah. But the big shift for me, again, having adult children, is that when they were growing up, our home was the hub. We were the we were the ones. You were the house. We were the house, and they were, life revolved around yeah. us. You know, mm-hmm. vacations and holidays and all, all of it. Well, that is no longer the case. Mm. We are not the hub. We are on the periphery. We're the supporting cast, and that's actually something that needed to be grieved too. I will confess that I actually had to forgive them for growing up. I'm making a big face because that's just like. What? That's what there's, yeah. No. But no, it's like I had to let go. No, you, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And and actually it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because one thing I've noticed is I always feel a few years behind in parenting. Uh-huh. I'm treating them like they're five when they're seven or you eight. You just kind of figure it out, though, you and figure, then they change yes. on us. And so I can see why I'm still mothering as if they will be here for a few more years. Uh Now we're encouraging them to launch. We want that for them. Yes. But I can see a little how I will probably need to forgive the circumstance in them for doing what they're meant to do. Exactly. How dare you? Yeah. Um, here's, Here's the thing is that in the place of endings, Whether that's uh, our children moving out, we're entering a season of of emptiness where that's a big shift or something else comes to an end. There's all kinds of endings, right? Mm -hmm. Friendships might end. You might move. Uh, A church can end. Which is a big one. A huge one. Yeah. Huge one. Um, Vacations end. Mm -hmm. And... We want to be present to our hearts in it and not run from it. So what I'm learning is that I can look forward with hope to what is coming while at the same time holding the sadness in my heart that this time or this experience has come to an end because it's a big deal. It's really important that we be gentle on our souls while we grieve closings. And I don't think society is set up that way. We're so quick to rush to the next holiday or the next thing. Or you're on vacation, so it's time to get back to work now. Oh, my goodness. You think about, like, even the holidays. Yeah. Christmas. Christmas hasn't come yet. It's it's December 20th, and the stores are filled with Valentine's. I know. (laughs) Oh, or the 4th of July, the next day, school supplies. Oh, my goodness. No. Yes. Right, and we we are hounded with it. We mm-hmm. are hounded with this thought that that the endings are what's most true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the hound of hell chases us. Yeah, with. like he mocks us, saying everything good is going to come to an end. Wow, I mean, wow, as in it sure gets feels like that. And that's it. that's why we have to like in Christ. Mm-hmm. That is never true. Yeah, never ever true. You we get it all back. Mm-hmm. I love you saying that you want to hold your children. When they're infants. Yeah. Like in Christ, nothing is lost. And and that can give us the strength then because we don't want to run from the reality of what we're feeling. Right. 
well, maybe better said we are better off if we don't run from what we're feeling. There you go. (laughs) I want to run, you know, and people, they don't say, hi, where are you empty? Mm -hmm. What, what are you feeling? What are you waiting for God to come for you? We say, what's new? What are you doing next? I remember, um, after Becoming Myself came out and it was just fresh off the presses. And I was doing an interview with a person who met well, but they just, their immediate question was, what are you working on next? Wow. Uh, <laughs> nothing. Because <laughs> writing a book isn't a big deal at all. I know. I know I just gave birth to something. Right. But I'm not pregnant right away. I just, I just, you know, yeah. I can be empty. I'm not working on anything. I'm, yeah. That just that pressure that we feel, what are you, so, oh, what, how are you feeling it? Mm-hmm. That empty space. And yet God wants to come to the empty spaces. Right. He likes to come to silence, to solitude. In fact, I love this quote that silence is God's first language. Mm. And he comes and he fills the void. Yeah. And so if we're filling it, there's no space for him to come. Mm. So yeah. for you... For parents who are in the stage of letting go of their children further, whether that means going to kindergarten or going to work full time or moving out or just the next stage of life, it means not running then to build your space, be so uncomfortable with the shift in your identity that you just run to the next thing. There is a next thing. Yeah. Endings are doorways to new beginnings. But in order to experience the new beginning, you really have to go ahead and grieve the ending. Yeah. That's such good advice to be okay with the grief. <sighs> Invite God into the grief. What, so in your history... Can you think of an, another example, Stace, another place where you felt empty? And, and what did you do with that? Or even in this place right now where you are anticipating and have been just preparing your heart mm-hmm. for this shift in relationship, all of it, identity. Where are you asking God to come for you? Very much in the controlling piece of it. I think I I do feel like I need to figure out what it's going to look like going forward. Mm -hmm. And that probably, in a sense, is trying to get busy, if you will. Like, let's make everything okay and not not really address that this hurts for a reason. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Because I... I love them so much. Yeah. I love them. I love my family. Yeah. And what they each bring. And another way I probably feel empty and run is probably shutting down desire. Uh-huh. So I love traveling. Uh-huh. I love vacation. And I can justify a hundred reasons why not to go on them. Mm. It's expensive. But the biggest thing is I hate the letdown after a vacation. You know, you need the vacation from a vacation. And for me, that's a big reason why. Because there's so much anticipation and buildup, and then it's over. Ugh. Yeah. I read this thing that said 70% of the joy of a vacation or something Mm. you're looking forward to is the anticipation of it. Yeah. So 
Okay, I know that one really well. Yeah. But I want to go back to just yeah. But the loving part, that's the cost to loving is to mm-hmm. be willing to feel the pain of of the shifts. Yeah. And it's like that when um one that you love is suffering. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It can be more difficult for the one who's not suffering because you care so much. Oh, when I had cancer, I was mm. grateful it was me and not Eric. I don't think I could watch him suffer that way. Uh-huh. I honestly have not lost a lot of people super close to me, mm-hmm. but I can relate it to pets. Yes. Oh, right. That's yeah, horrible. lost my cat a year ago uh-huh. and dogs. I don't want new pets because I don't want to go through that grief again. It hurts. It hurts so, so bad. Much. When we were losing Oban mm-hmm. and I was driving and I was wailing in the depth of the pain, oh. I just said, no more. I can't do yeah. this again. Right. Exactly that. And how much more the loss of a child oh. or oh. friend, parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. We got another dog. Yeah. I got two cats. <laughs> There's hope, but again, to feel it, I'm I'm older, so I have lost both my parents. I have lost very close friends. I've never lost a child myself, but I've I've lost through my friends children that partially grew up in my home. And and so to be able to say, no loss is final, grieve and allow God to come, and he will come. And there's hope. There's hope. Right. But I want to go back to your um, <laughs> thing about vacations because I hate every kind of ending. I, I hate them. Yeah. I love hellos. I love hellos so much. I'm looking forward to the grand hello that is never oh going to end. Oh, my goodness, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, come. But one summer, we had vacation with our family, and we were all partying, going home in different directions. Mm. And the last ones to leave were my son, Sam, my oldest son, and his his family. And he has a very keen eye. I think they all do, but he was the last to leave. And so he really saw what was going on beneath my happy facade of, wasn't this wonderful? And mm-hmm. see you sometime in the future. But just, I mean, oh my gosh, I was waiting for them to leave so I could just sob. And as he hugged me goodbye, he whispered into my ear, my favorite line from George McDonald's book, Fantasties. Mm. So he said goodbye, he hugs me, and he says, a great good is coming to thee, Anados, coming to thee. <sighs> so that to hold on into the midst of endings, every single kind, yeah. that a great good it's continues good. to come. Yeah. Yeah. You reminded me of your chapter in... Defiant Joy, Chapter 9, The Signs All Around Us. And it it allowed me to have a shift. Mm. Permission to hold my grief. Mm. I'm just going to read a few parts. Endings are hard. They mark the close of a season, but they also mark the beginning. The old has gone. The new has come. In fact, the old has to go in order for the new to come. And it, it's just been allowing me to reframe my ache. Mm. I do love this as well. All the signs point, all the signs of endings 
point to the miracle of the cross. Death comes, but it is followed by life. All our roads, too, will at times lead to crucifixion of our own expectations of the pain, fulfilling dream come true life. And when we reach that inevitable end, we reach the end of ourselves and are met with a choice. We can make a cynical decision that all life is empty, promises, and pain, or we can look for a deeper, higher fulfillment in our heart's true desires. And those are met in the resurrection and the hope found only in the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. We are surrounded by the signs of the resurrection with every sunrise and every spring that comes our way. So again, endings mark beginnings, and we do experience it every day. And reading that just made me recalibrate. Yes, there is grief as I say goodbye to Jake and anticipate Riley moving on as well. But God's promises are greater, and so much good is coming. And so what choice do I want to take with my emotions? And I want to choose hoping in his promises. Amen. Yeah. And then what are you modeling for your children Mm. in that? Yeah. We all are going to experience a multitude of endings. And we all of us are going to experience the final ending. But for the follower of Christ, that too is a doorway into what we are truly made for. Yeah. I want to read as well. I want to read the last paragraph from the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, The Last Battle. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, This is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever in which every chapter is better than the one before. Friends, let me close by saying, a great good is coming, coming to thee. 